to the Construction Big Breakfast, where we give you a hearty serving of insider tips and business strategies to help fuel your day so you can thrive in the construction industry. Now, here's your host. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Construction Big Breakfast. I'm your host, Ben Pritchett. Uh, today, we'll be diving into the subject of data, um, all things related to it within the construction industry, and how it's a bit of an untapped resource uh, for our industry. Uh, joining me today for our podcast is our special guest, friend, and colleague, um, our uh, senior consultant here, Vinayak. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Vinu. Uh, can you please give our listeners a little introduction to yourself? Sure. Thank you, Ben. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, so, yeah, my name is Vinayak. I am a civil engineer by training, did a master's in construction economics uh, after that, and I've been working with Inven for about seven years now. Uh, we've been doing a lot of things around data over the years. Uh, we're now looking to help the industry move forward and make better use of existing data sets uh, within the businesses that are uh, actively participating in the sector, but also trying to see what other data could be brought in to make more insights and more uh, knowledge and wisdom out of it to make uh, effective decision making. So that's the that's the aim of what it's we intend aim. to do. Yes, yeah. and the aim of today is to stop just talking between us right. and to actually share and hopefully help some people understand why we talk about it so much. Exactly. But obviously, before we get into all that, Vinu, the key question of every podcast. What did you have for breakfast today? Um, my breakfast uh, has actually changed over the um, past since COVID. So I've started having a, a good cup of mocha in the morning now. Um, replaced my porridge with a good cup of mocha and drinking a lot of juices and fluids in the beginning um, rather than getting something heavy. So lunch is now my first proper meal of the day. So a little bit of a shift. My breakfast very much depends on whether I'm coming into the office or not at the moment. So I'm coming into the office, I stop up at Greg's on the way, £2.50 for a latte and a bacon bap, fantastic. So we'll start the podcast (laughs) with a big thumbs up to Greg's, great value, thank you very much. Uh, Anyway, data. So data, data in construction, um, it seems to be a bit of a hot topic at the moment. Um, Every day my LinkedIn feed is full of things being published by lots of different people about data trusts, about interoperability, about data lakes, silos, so much um, terminology, so many good stories, bad stories, complicated stories no one understands. (laughs) Um, But if we try and sort of distill that down, I guess, to uh, our key message, what we're trying to uh, get across, um, it's all about Essentially, it's a resource we're not using, isn't it? Exactly. So data is an asset like uh, every other asset a company has. It's about uh, maximizing the utility of that asset uh, and managing that asset efficiently and knowing that data is an asset in the first place. And as you rightly said, everyone's talking about it and every there's all so many buzzwords around it, AI, machine learning. But, um, but the point is, do we need to do all of that uh, or are we getting our foundations right? Are we getting, are we doing it right? Do you have a strategy around data? Do you, um, are you thinking about it strategically as an asset and what you can derive out of it? And then decide on what you do with it, how you make decisions faster, better and more efficiently rather than just trying to incorporate all the buzzwords and just talk about 
stuff that you might not use for another five, ten years, um, you know, and especially for construction as a sector, um, you know, as you always used to say, we are data rich but information poor. Um, there is a lot of data, there is a lot of uh, siloing of data and repurposing of data and things like that, which is not probably the most efficient way of doing things. But then that all stems from the fact that there is no overarching data strategy or overarching uh, perspective of what to do and how to do it. Uh, a lot of it might be on the lack of awareness, lack of knowledge, uh, but probably also to do with um, being scared of investments. Again, we know that there is not a lot of capital lying around within the industry for investment, but also a lot of focus has also been on things like BIM and things which are at project level rather than using information for effective decision making at the enterprise level. And I guess that, you know, the data strategy, it boils down in some ways, the essence of it is why. Why are we measuring? Why are we collecting that data and what are we going to do with it? Correct. And that is the question we rarely ask. It's uh, especially at project level, I guess. You know, I'm sure you know uh, back in the day when you were on projects, same as I was, we'd have a raft of KPIs, yes. a raft of things to measure. But what were the insights we were really gathering from that? Uh, you would probably be filling in reports. There's a structure, and then that would go in on making one specific decision or one specific kind of uh, process rather than looking at a whole gamut of what are the other data that's available, can we make more better decisions or can we get some insights that might enable better decision making? Because there's always been uh, data collection at project level, right? For construction, whether it be for planning, quality, health and safety. Uh, but the issue is, take health and safety data for example you start collecting data to measure your health and safety performance. But potentially, you could use that same uh, data for measuring effectiveness and efficiency of training for health and safety. But then the issue with that is the way the data is, are, data is collected, structured and stored. The training data might be somewhere else. Uh, who gets trained might be in some other place. Uh, the safety uh, statistics will be somewhere else. You need to bring all of that data together um, to make sense of it all. Yeah. But the ownership and the storing of all of it will be in different places and no one really thinks about it because you collect the safety data for measuring statistics and you, that's the only thing that you will end up doing. Yeah, exactly, and the, um, uh, the language, uh, how things are described, even down to the names, I'm sure if that was our example, in one part I'd be called David and another part I'd be called Ben. Um, and yes. everyone would be like, oh, I'll see different people. Yes. And how do you align that just because of me being complicated with my name, never mind uh, trying to do uh, anyone else's. On that, on that very point, so I've got some interesting statistics, right? So um, uh, Harvard Business Review has done a, a lot of cross-industry study on, on how data gets used and data gets collected and things like that. Uh, so the, the, there's some three key points basically. One, it says that less than half of the data collected by businesses in general is ever used for decision making. So almost 50% of the data never gets used for decision making. Uh, the case is even more uh, crazier when you look at unstructured data. Less than 1% of the unstructured data ever gets used. 70% uh, of the employees have access to information that they shouldn't have access to. Yeah. And about 80% of the time that analysts and data scientists spend is nothing but on prepping, cleaning, and 
enabling that data to be used for analytics. So your example of uh, you know, discrepancies in names, 80% of the time that analysts spend would be to ensure that David in one data set is the same person as Ben, mm -hmm. and the data can actually be mapped across and then used for analytics. So the actual analytics function or developing uh, analytical models is about 10 to 20%. But I guess as part of a good strategy, you're not just asking yourself the, the why and the, uh, the what you're trying to measure and then the outcomes. It's about, well, how am I going to do that? How am I going to structure my data set? How am I going to create an architecture Correct. around the collection of that helps clean, helps sort, helps aggregate that data in a usable, meaningful way? Yes, and that is exactly what a good data strategy would eventually want to do because data analysts, business analysts, and the data scientists who do all sorts of data-related uh, work can then be more effective, more efficient, um, so that you are talking about data at the top level of a company, and then treat it like an asset as we spoke about, set a strategy, set a vision as how, A, you are collecting, storing. So there is there are basically two types of data strategies. You've got the offensive and the defensive. Now, the defensive data strategy is more on ensuring compliance, a single version of truth, things like that. Uh, a, a, a more, an offensive one is more about multiple versions of the same truth, but then used for several types of, uh, you know, improving productivity, improving profit margins, improving competitive advantage, things like that. Now, a data strategy in definition will not work if it's either or. It needs to be a combination of both because you need compliance, you need to ensure that there is a single version of truth, but then for most businesses, you need to have that offensive side as well. Um, and the idea is that you need to merge and arrive at a point, a proportion, where which works for individual businesses, and most of the people don't even think about those kind of things. Uh, and that will determine your data architecture and your information architecture. So data architecture is how you collect data, store data, uh, ensure that it's robust, it's secure, um, and your information architecture are things like your dashboards and how you derive insights out of it. Now, where, you, uh, where the company's data strategy lies will help define that. But also understanding that the data strategy or the, the offensiveness and the defensiveness proportion might change over time. So it needs to be flexible. So all of these things are really complicated, but at the same time, construction as an industry is probably not even at the level that you are talking about data lakes, for example. Data warehouses are becoming a thing now, which if you look at high-end data analytics companies or big tech companies, data warehouses were you know, five, ten years ahead, uh, behind rather, uh, and data lakes are more prominent. So, in a way, we now have an opportunity to skip certain generational development and actually get into the fact that, you know what, that you can learn from all the mistakes other businesses or other mm -hmm. industries have learned, and now we can use that as an opportunity and move forward. So, we can accelerate our journey learning from tech, retail, all these Definitely. companies that have been Definitely. making data led decisions for years. Definitely. Um, I mean, it is true that other industries have very much seeing data as being a key um, uh, asset for decision making for, for a long time. What, what do you think has held construction back maybe in embracing the same um, 
approach to data, especially at the sort of leadership C-level suite? Uh, I think there are quite a few factors, right? So one, to enable data to be used, uh, data needs to be collected in a structured manner. Data collected within construction has always been used as, you know, this is my data, this, is, this gives me competitive advantage, I'm not going to share it, I'm not going to, even within businesses you've got commercial data, HR data, you know, uh, training data, say, project data, all of them are siloed. Now breaking those silos can only be done at an executive level or at a portfolio level. The strategy, the vision at that level was probably not there for, for the industry. And always the focus has always been on project level data. Again, the importance given to PIM uh, kind of exemplifies that. Uh, secondly, uh, it's the lack of knowledge about what is possible and the risk averse nature of the industry as a whole. And I think finally it's also the uncertainty about is it going to be expensive, is it going to be effective? You know, in doing this, are we actually going to get a business value out of it? Is it going to improve productivity or the lack of knowledge of how much improvement that will actually derive out of investing in these systems? And again, not to say that these investments are considerably expensive when you're talking about big businesses. The, the date, the cost has come down considerably over the years, but still, it's it's not cheap to do it. But it's well, it, it's valuable. That's the important thing. Isn't it definitely it? is. Yes. U ultimately, being able to better understand uh, what is happening, because that's one of the <coughs> sorry uh, key uh, changes, I guess, that be having a uh, a better uh, data architecture, infrastructure, a, a well placed data strategy will give you. It will give you. Um, far more uh, proactive data collection, so you better know what's happening today um, in your business, not what might have happened three weeks ago. Yes. Um, according to uh, sort of you know PMs, QSs, and the likes. And don't get me wrong, I've been that QS. I've certainly shaped my version of events on a few CVRs over the years. Obviously, always highly integrity high on the list of everything. Um, uh, but just being able to better make decisions based on what's happening today. Yes. Real time or as close to real time as possible would massively change our approach to things. It does. Yeah, it, it definitely will. But it, it is also the fact that it's not just access to, uh, you know, data which is not manipulated. Probably a stronger word, but manipulated in, in several shapes or forms. But also understand the time and effort it could have taken you, for example, to repurpose the same data into different templates. You don't need to do that. A lot of that can be automated at the moment. And more importantly, you don't have to search your inbox for that Excel report or a PDF uh, report that you would have received two weeks ago because it can be on dashboards like Power BI, uh, Tableau, whatever it is, and have access on your phone, your laptop, your tablet, and everything can be suited or designed so that you get the information that you want at that moment. And it will give you ability to do further analytics rather than asking someone else to do that for you. I think in trying to um, help the industry see that we're not talking about everyone adopting AI machine learning oh, no. tomorrow. Not. There is an element of the data strategy which is just better understanding how your Office 365 works, how that all connects data together, how you can query that in a more structured fashion how you can embrace yeah, Power BI and things like that to yes. 
bring stuff together. I mean, often you hear, if you're going to do anything, you need to just get rid of Excel. That's not necessarily true. Yeah. It is maybe not the best tool, but at the same time for our industry, it's potentially a good starting point for certain things. Uh, it, it's a great thing that you bring, you brought up Excel. Um, it's a good thing Shubham's not here. Uh, we are all big fans of Excel, and again, Excel has been probably uh, a boon uh, for, for the industry in making sure that we do some level of analytics. But the challenge is what you do with that data. Are you just collecting data in Excel or are you analyzing it using pivot tables and then it lies there. The static nature of how that data is available for utilization is the issue. Now, data can still be captured in Excel as long as there is a process in place to you know, bring that to a cloud architecture you know, to a, through an FTP server or something and then doing that, you're not changing how people are collecting or using data. It is then you know, doing what you're going to do after that. You're going to then take it into um, a, a database and then make it available for, for analytics. But Office 365 is another great example that you, that you brought up. You talk about the digital transformation journey, right? Digitization, digitalization, and then eventually digital transformation. Now, a lot of the effort and investment in the industry has been on the digitization side. You know, taking manual processes, creating forms, creating processes to, to automate or to digitize uh, technically or conventional uh, manual processes. Now, you need to go beyond that to enable good data analytics. Now, if you don't have, again, going back to a good data strategy, you wouldn't know what data to collect. And you wouldn't be collecting data in the way that you, would want, you wouldn't want to. So, all of that is very important to actually then get the final outcome. So data strategy will obviously be linked with the systems, the processes, the digitization methods, but all of that can actually be done now to, to break the barriers or to enable businesses to see the potential of it. The first thing, in my opinion, is about, let's start with, okay, what you've got already. Let's see how we can maximize the utility of existing data sets, existing solutions. Can we improve on, um, effectiveness of how people use data in terms of can we reduce the time people have to you know repurpose data that's already available can we make the data available to the decision makers on the day that they want to do not two weeks or three weeks delay those kind of things will set the ball rolling but it will also give us an opportunity to set a good foundation talk about data strategy talk about data architecture, talk about information architecture and in doing that the C-suite or the decision makers would probably feel, you know what, this is actually valuable. But on the flip side, it is that if you don't do it, in five to ten years, you might become obsolete. You might lose the, the effectiveness of the business or how you do business because the world is changing at such fast, fast pace. So there are two sides to the coin here. So one is, yes, prove do what you can to prove the effectiveness and the efficiency of good data analytics and all the necessary technological requirements required for that. But also about what if I don't do it? The risk is incredibly high. Uh, and that should probably be the, <laughs> you know, the domino that should hit the point. Yeah, if you, if you don't change, if you don't evolve, you're going to be left behind. Yes. Um, and once you start embracing uh, data, I guess it's fast-paced potentially the change, yes. and that might be the difficulty, and that's the, again going back to a strategy, 
it, it's about understanding your journey Correct. over the next two, five, ten years potentially about how you start measuring different things, how you start sort of bringing it together and what impact that has today you might not know. Right. Um, but tomorrow it could completely transform what you're bidding for, what yes. work you're doing, how yes. productive you are and ultimately hopefully improve your profit margins. Definitely, definitely. And it's about that journey, right? It's about uh, understanding that it is a journey. It's not that you invest a certain amount of money and you're going to get benefit today. There's also another element of culture, the business culture about, about how um, you're changing the way people look at data. Um, you're changing the way people look at analytics. If you have a business question that needs answering, do you have the data to answer that question uh, in a much more quantitative manner rather than using gut feeling? Mm -hmm. oh, I think it is like this. Okay, you need your gut feel to it, but then what data will enable you to do it is, is either validate it or give you a different perspective. Mm. Using gut feel is as important as having data, but then not just using either one of them in its own um, is probably less efficient and could actually bring things like biases into, uh, into the picture and then uh, probably lead you to making different decisions. And I guess in, in some ways that's the interesting thing of how you use your data because context is important. Very much. And context is sometimes difficult to not be biased. Yes. So how do you, again, I get, you know, the culture, it's easy with a data strategy, a digitalization strategy, all of these things that you uh, sort of hear and, uh, and are thinking maybe of starting your journey uh, with in the industry or you might be sort of ahead of the curve and you think you've already got yourself a, a little data lake for your organization. Um, but how do you help people learn the cultural change that's needed and help them understand that, you know, trust the data, collaboration improves. Trust the data, your procurement will improve. Trust the data, everything is better. Or trust the data and see actually my business isn't as healthy as I thought it was. That's probably one of the most difficult questions that uh, uh, get asked about how culture can impact uh, because it's the same culture that you need to do to collect the right data. Now, if you're not collecting the right data, then everything else falls. Now, if you believe that there's, the data collected is actually you know, trustworthy, then everything along then connects like a chain uh, with proper links. Now, you're only as strong as your weakest link. Now, finding where that weakest link and tackling that is where it is. Getting the right people, getting the right skill set, and more importantly, having that right vision is probably the best way to influence cultural change. Um, in, in terms of data, to prove uh, the, the, the value might take a little more time. And um, when you're looking at people's beliefs and biases and things like that in the past, changing that will take time. And understanding that, again, the journey and the time and believing that it is going to be valuable uh, needs a lot of understanding, it needs a lot of visionary thinking. But then again, small wins are good starting points. Yeah, and uh, small wins are, you know, the easy ones, the uh, low-hanging fruit. It, right. It's always easy to find. I mean, it's a, a story that I've shared on a few podcasts, so apologies to, to bore any avid listeners with it again. Um, but I remember reading um, an award submission a few years ago. Um, I mean, 
four years ago now probably. It was about an organisation who looked to um, amalgamate all of their maintenance um, data, try and understand better because everything was very much you know, here's a job, here's a job, here's a job. There was no overarching, let's bring it together and look for trends. Sure. And as soon as they started looking for trends, they found that they were spending about 20, 25,000 pounds per annum replacing loo roll holders. Um, right. Because they, they just poor design in the end. They hadn't thought about the end user, the sure. old people's homes, and it was being used to help get up and down. Right. So it was being ripped off all the time. But because it was only you know, a maintenance man for a couple of hours and a, a ten pound, it wasn't being picked up. But then as soon as you're amalgamating all that data, what a great small win. You've justified most of the capital expenditure on the project yeah. straight away um, on just that. Never mind everything else yeah, that they found. Yeah. Um, but it is amazing the little things that you can find once you start looking at things on, in the totality. And this, this is where the whole idea of big data comes in, right? Um, Conventional data analytics functions and big data is different. Right? Big data is where you look for questions and answers. You go on an explorative research or, a, uh, or an investigation to see what can I you know, use with existing data rather than collecting data with a strategy or with an end in mind. Um, going forward, when you collect data, I think you need to bring both these worlds together the, to, to maximize the utility and the, the ability to derive business value. Um, but also the fact that there are so much advancements. Um, going back to the point of, can we actually skip technology generations? Um, there's a lot of push for IoT devices. So things like sensors, things like um, information gathering equipment, which might help um, in making effective decisions for facilities management. So there have always been use of QR codes, for example, but replacing QR codes or rather adding sensors to it would determine um, you know, how many times a door has been opened and closed at a day. Now, you collect that data over years and then use that in your design process uh, so that a particular door in a particular uh, flow gets used X number of times and now the door gets used Y number of times. Now, would that change mm. your design aspect for that door in the future? Uh, there's also an element of uh, how long are you designing it for? Um, those kind of questions, you know, your standard design life, things like that, where you are you're using by conventional knowledge, can actually get questioned using um, all the data that gets collected um, going forward. So it's, it's, it's really interesting, a lot of opportunity out there. So uh, one last final question before we start wrapping up. Um, so it can be quite intimidating trying to think Definitely. about where do I start? What is the key thing? Do I think about uh, the technology I need for it? Do I think about the what am I currently collecting? What do I want to collect? What is really the first starting point for an organization that thinks they want to do more with their data? Understanding that data and technology are enablers and then they are there to enable the business's vision. So business strategy comes first. Uh, data strategy is has to be aligned with business strategy. So, where does the business uh, want to grow? Do you, are you looking to improve in your turnover? Are you looking to improve in your bottom line? Are you trying to improve your customer satisfaction? Are you trying to reduce quality defects or whatever it is? So, the strategy of the business uh, is what will drive the data strategy to enable that. 
and then your technology stack and everything uh, to enable all of this. At the end of the day, it's about people. It's about people using these technology to make better decisions, faster decisions, to make sure that that business vision is realized at a faster pace, at a better pace, and to more and to ensure that you are competitive in the marketplace. Um, so it is about understanding your business strategy a bit more uh, and how you want to set uh, the culture and everything that hangs around the business strategy. So um, yeah, so data strategy, tech strategy, everything comes out of that. Yeah, and I think as a sort of an industry, we need to realize that having a more uh, sort of joined approach to measuring, collecting, sharing. sharing um, yeah. So that's where data trusts and things like that that unfortunately we have more time to talk about can come in. But it can help us massively accelerate uh, our uh, journey to becoming net zero, our yeah. journey to understanding how to remove as much embodied carbon as possible from the construction process, from becoming more productive, sure. from just all the things um, that we want to do. Um, and I think, you know, if we look backwards, you know, I think the health and safety journey that we have come up yeah. through as an industry over the last decade, 15 years, a lot of that, without realising, has been data-led and data-enabled, okay. without understanding what was happening, when it was happening, why it was happening, um, we wouldn't be as safe as we are today. So it can certainly show the industry how data can transform what we do for the better. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so on that note, let's uh, wrap up this conversation today. Uh, as always, Vinny, a very insightful, uh, enjoyable conversation around data. I'm sure we'll spend the next couple of hours in the office talking about other things as well. Um, so you never know, there might be a second episode uh, later in the year. Um, for anyone who's interested in learning more uh, about uh, data strategies, business strategies, or just having a, a more general conversation around data, uh, have a look in the uh, bio for uh, today's episode, there'll be links to our website, uh, we'll put Vinu's contact details in there, uh, or if you uh, agree, disagree, or want to share your opinion on data, please do get in touch and uh, we'll get you on the podcast to discuss. Uh, please make sure that you uh, like, subscribe and share uh, today's episode, um, and I look forward to hopefully seeing you again next time. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye. Want to learn more about how Invent can help your business maximize its bottom line? Head on over to www.invent.com and get in touch with our team today. Thanks for joining us this week on the Construction Big Breakfast. Make sure to visit our website, www.invent.com, where you can subscribe to the Construction Big Breakfast on all platforms so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, we'd appreciate a positive rating. Or if you'd simply share it with a friend, that would help us out too. Be sure to tune in for our next episode.